Hey guys, welcome to Game Changers Podcast, inspiring conversations with leaders of tomorrow. My name is Harsh. And I'm AJ, and we'll be your hosts for today. Today we have Raj and Anthony on the show. Welcome guys. Hey guys. So uh, they're working on an app called Spontively, which um, I guess just start off by telling our users a little bit about what Spontively is. So yeah, so Spontively is like a, a mobile platform, a mobile web-based platform that tells people what's going on in their community. Right. And... Um, What's like your purpose with this? Like, what are you looking to? I think so. What we're trying to do is actually we we realize that with the with with the advent of technology, we as a society have gone further and further away from knowing what's going on in our communities. Right. Right. So you've got these platforms like Facebook, Instagram, all these social tools, right? And people have just been so disconnected with their communities. Yeah. And what we're trying to do is bring them back. That's ironic, actually. Yeah. Social media is supposed to bring us closer, but in reality, it's exactly. driving us further it, apart. It's funny because um, what you alluded to before, we're more connected than ever, yet we're still disconnected, which doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right. So, and that and that's essentially what we're trying to do is facilitate um, the engagement side and how we can curate information towards people for them to connect. So right. Sure. And focusing on, um, I guess, the organic. Uh, methods of social interaction, right? The basic core, exactly. instead of just through you know media, and actually exactly. encouraging face-to-face interaction and building communities like that. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we'll dive a little, we'll dive into more detail about your app and your idea behind that. But I guess start us off by telling our viewers a little bit about like your career backgrounds, like how you got into this. Yeah. So you want me to go? <laughs> yeah, I should go first, man. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well. I've I've been in I've been in tech for over over fifteen years. So I used to work at IBM, um, CGI, Sierra, all the big tech companies here. Um, I used to be a PeopleSoft consultant. Um, I did the implementations at the University of Alberta. Um, I worked in a number of accounts, and um, yeah, always into tech. So that's that's how I got me into it. Right. And then yeah, so for myself, man, I'm uh, I don't I don't have a tech background, so I come from an urban planning uh, background. So that's what I've done in school, and so my most of my experience, I work primarily in the public sector. So I worked in provincial government. I'm originally from Ontario, so I worked in provincial government, municipal government, um, a school board, and a regional economic development corporation where I work currently. Right. So okay. yeah. So I guess that's very unique how you are co-founding a tech startup, but your background is very different in very specific field for urban planning. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, because that's very unique to me, because obviously society makes it in such a way, like they tell us that, you know, in fields like this, you need to have, um, uh, you know, technical skills and you need some sort of experience to, you know, like you guys are making, building an app. So tell us a little bit, a little bit uh, uh, to us about, um, you know, the process of how you got into this and um, I guess maybe some barriers that you faced. For sure, Raj, it, 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 it's funny because, um, you know, with the whole tech scenario, it's funny because I've always wanted to be in tech. Even when I was in university, I used to like any type of ideas that used to come to my head. I used to jot it down, and I would even t- talk to my friends who were in comp sci, ask them like, like, what type of programs are needed to develop this? Or do you know anybody who would be interested in working with me on something like this? But it never really materialized. Mm-hmm. But it was something that was always in the back of my head. So when I was in Ontario, when I was working there, um, spontaneously, I made the move to Alberta. So I spent some time in Lloyd Minster. So when I when I moved from Markham, Ontario, to uh, Lloyd, you know you're coming from like a dense, populated city, as well as you know you you uh, you're the you're the friendships and 
you know, the, the network that you make is all organic. It's through school, it's through, you know, friends and what, or like family friends or whatever it might be. And when I moved to Lloyd, I was like, man, how do you go about befriending one another? I'm not, I'm not an antisocial guy by any means, but how exactly is the process like, especially with social media? I felt like even with social media today, it was hard to figure out what is appropriate enough to, you know, meet other people in general. Mm -hmm. So going you know doing some of the extracurriculars like playing hockey going to the gym stuff like that 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 helped facilitate some connections um because so i was always always in the back of my head so when i'm and then i that uh when i was in lloyd that that landed me another opportunity in edmonton so i moved from lloyd to edmonton which is a bigger city a bigger metropolis and i realized that the problem is still relevant whether you're in a rural place or a more urban dense community and that's when i met anthony playing hockey and um we met playing hockey and it was funny because Anthony was working on this, you know, uh, a year or two prior and he was at the stage where he's figured everything out. He was just looking for a team to put together. And then he approached me and I'm like, man, let's, let's start this up. So this was January, 2018. Hmm. Last year. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think what, what you're forgetting was I approached Raj and, uh, I basically gave him an option. I'm like, hey, you either go back to Toronto or you got to Legit. You, you either so this is why I'm still here in Edmonton. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You know, uh, sorry, coming back no. to your question, though, about tech, I think, like, so between Raj and myself, there's a 10-year gap, right? There's a 10-year difference, right? I'm, I'm going to age, but I'm 38. Um, You're doing good for yourself. Yeah, right? thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, when I went to school, um, we were just figuring out how to create an email address, right? Like that's that was one of our assignments right. to create wow. an email address, <laughs> right? That's like, funny. like, like, I remember, like, I fell in love with tech because of the doors that opened um, when I was going to school, and and, and now, we're pe like people are born with cell phones almost. People are born with technology, right? Like we're so advanced, so. You know, I don't think, regardless of which profession you go into, like, you know, someone, if someone's in, let's say, in education, they still have to understand technology in this day and age. You can't get away from that, right? That's how, that's how this, our society works now, right? Mm. And um, that's so true. And, like, even kids nowadays, you're right. Like, everyone has a cell phone. It, it's kind of just become a part of us. And yeah. I think the biggest thing is just learning how to manage it, right? Exactly. Because it is such a big tool. Like, even Google, like information at your fingertips everywhere at any time essentially right yeah. but i want to go back to i guess because you have more of the tech background right yeah. so i'm guessing you studied computing science in university or yeah i, I took three years of computing science i dropped out of computing science at the university because i'm not a i'm, I'm more of a hands-on person i i can't do theory i can't do i can't read it right so i was I had a pretty decent average, but I, I just couldn't do it and then i went to uh and then i went to nate just to get a paper for two years was there a lot of like stigma around the whole like should you drop out or not drop out oh like, man I, dude i'm brown i'm like my parents <laughs> my parents like I, I didn't tell my parents i what? didn't tell my parents that i was dropping out of university because they would freak out right and and they there's a stigma like you like you know my parents are immigrants right so they want their kid to they want their son to go to university and have this university degree uh where for me you know even back then that was not my passion i was like i i I don't have to read a book. I just want to do it on my own. I, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I was always that way. So 
when I decided to, to leave university, I didn't tell my parents until the very end. <laughs> Jeez, and man. The, yeah. That's, that's some guts right yeah, there. Yeah, I didn't tell my parents because I knew what was going to happen, right? Yeah. And, and then, and then, and then my, my first semester at Nate, when when the transcripts came in, like when when like uh, Nate letters came in, they're like, "What the hell is this?" And I'm like, "I gotta break." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh man, that was, that was hilarious. That was, that was the worst. I can't even imagine the I reaction. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh like, my yeah, god! Was, so I guess like, that's a, that's a good story. So how'd your parents react as well? I'm curious. Oh, they lost it. They lost, <laughs> of course, they lost it. Right? Lost it is an understatement. They I'm lost, they, you. Oh yeah, they lost it. I got, I got. I got shit on for weeks, but but it, it was just not for me, right? Yeah. So like, and, and that's my personality. If I know something that's not for me, yeah, um, I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna do it. Right? Mm. I'm not gonna pursue it. And why be miserable? Why be miserable going through this? Where I'm like, okay, I just want to go in, get something quick, and then go to the real world. That was my mentality back when I was like, when, when I was in, in university, I was like, why am I wasting my time here? I want to do, go do something and I want to be more practical and get hands-on experience. Yeah. That's more valuable to me. Wow. So I think that's a huge risk that you took because, uh, especially like, let's say there's different fields and like I'm in business. So business is like, yeah, I drop out. It's fine. I can start my own business. But when, when it's a field like computer science, which is so, it's such a technical field and obviously degrees matter, right? And so like, what gave you the courage to, I guess? I don't believe so. I, I, you know, I, yeah. I, I, would, I would personally disagree with that yeah. because you see now, like you see big companies like the Googles, the Facebook, yeah. they have dropped that pre-requirement, that yeah. prerequisite of having a degree yeah. because you, especially, I know, like in tech, right, you, either you, you get it or you don't. Yeah. There's no in-between, mm. right? You either grasp the concept and if you grasp the concept, you can work your way through getting that skill, right? Mm -hmm. uh, a good example is um, I, I use athletes um, uh, athletes in, in any sport. Like, let's use hockey, for example, right? If you've got that guy who's got purely relying on skill, right, he's going to get to a certain point. But if you've got that guy who doesn't have that skill just yet or doesn't have that skill quite but is working his ass off, it's going to surpass the guy with skill. Mm. Right, so it's the same thing with with tech. If you have an aptitude to learn, you'll always surpass that guy who's got like a I don't know a three point five GPA. Yeah, so yeah. Like, hard work versus talent. Basically. Exactly, that's the comparison. It's, it, that's yeah. exactly it. Right, yeah. always right? hard work always does and, and, and in the valley, they talk about this. Like they talk about like how you want those guys who are who are hard workers or who who accomplish it because the guys who who know their shit are cocky and arrogant. Like you know, yeah, like, yeah. you know they have that yeah. personality. Like, okay, I'm the shit. I'm the, I'm the best developer yeah. in the world, right? But no, man, it, it takes a team to actually push this through. And I think like the biggest thing Harsh was alluding to is like we hear it all the time. We like, get a degree, it opens doors for you. Yeah. But you're a living testament of like <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> not not just not just me. Like I think Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, all these all these guys in tech. Yeah, they didn't. They don't have a university. Mark Zuckerberg just left Harvard, right? If you if you know what you've got and like, it's it's not like, you know, I, I, I don't. I'm not saying everybody to drop out today. That, that's not that's not what I'm saying. It's like, if you if you've got if you've got um, the skill sets to to work hard and be able to say like, okay, I can learn this on my own, and I or. No piece of paper can, you know, like a piece of paper is a piece of paper at the end. Mm -hmm. Does it have value? Sure, it does, right? I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm not saying don't do your university degree. It does. But you can just go on and do it and learn and, mm -hmm. and execute it. 
much higher than someone who just went to school and read off a book. Right. Yeah. And then, so you worked in, you worked in big companies like IBM, right? Yeah. IBM. Uh, how long did you work in like the corporate tech world, I guess? Oh, for 15 years. 15 years? 15 yeah. years, yeah. Like, I, I worked in, like, I worked at IBM for over, like, just about seven years. Yeah. Yeah. And what made you leave? Because, like, nowadays, especially, you you think that's a dream. Like, probably six-figure salary, I'm guessing, right? Like, you get, like, a stable income. You're working in tech. Like, what made you want to leave? Like, um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have a purpose. I didn't have a purpose. Like, I think... You know, like I, I, I owe it to IBM because they've set the foundation for me. Like it's IBM. Like I had, I had, uh, I had two job. I had two opportunities: either stay at IBM or go to Microsoft. And I think one of my regrets was not to go to Microsoft um, because I was just just going to be at home. I was more comfortable. But IBM had so much value for me because they set the the, the standard, right? They set the foundation for me in my yeah. career. Um, like they, they showed the path of okay this is how you this is what we expect from you these are your metrics this is how you like it's almost like a you're an entrepreneur within the company right like it's either they don't they didn't teach you out of a book they're like here's a, here's here's our training you either sink or you swim right and that's that's actually how the world works sure, right, <laughs> right? Yeah. you either do it or you don't right yeah and there's no amount of books that you read no about no theory right like every single theory class that i went to like you know in, in, in university or in in, in uh, at nate didn't matter right they don't yeah. teach you like you know about how human behavior yeah. like it's unpredictable mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. the outcomes are so unpredictable yeah right? so um yeah so i owe it to that to that point for sure Thanks for sharing that. It's really insightful, I think, and uh, because nowadays lots of people associate, you know, a good income and you know a stable um, financial situation as being successful, right? Absolutely. So I guess, I guess I'd like to ask you, what does, um, what is, what, how do you define success, right? Being in that phase and having quit that job, how do you define success? I, I think su success is subjective, right? That's that's you know, it's it's all depending on that individual, right? I think. You know, for me, success is how do we, you know, how do how do I give back to the community, and how do I leave a mark in society? That is what success is, right? It's not about um, the materialistic aspect. It's not about the the your salary, right? Because let's face it, like you you make a hundred thousand this year. Tomorrow you don't have that hundred thousand dollars, and it's all relative. It's gone, right? Yeah. But what what can people can't take away is what you've done, what you've accomplished, right? So for me, my 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 vision or my my aspiration is that I want to be in the same conversation as Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, and I can't do that working, making six figures. Because I, I haven't, I haven't been, I, I'm not going to be an innovator. Right. I'm not going to be a disruptor. Yeah. So I think it's interesting. Yeah, it comes yeah. back to that behavior about, um, like, I think, I mean, we were talking about that day too, but if you want to become part of, you know, the top 5% um, in the world, then you have to behave like, then you can't behave like the 95%. Absolutely. of the population right so you, you you have to implement that change you, like you have a vision that's awesome but you also have to take actions and um, you know implement them in your daily life to achieve that goal right? yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, so for sure. It's similarly to what Anthony had alluded to, to um, and I, I completely attest to that, the fact that, you know, su- success is subjective and it is pursuant towards, you know, what you're, um, like, contextual to the individual. So, and I've never seen success as of something that's materialistic or there's a monetary value or figure that's associated with it, but it truly is based on the type of, you know, I guess, legacy you, you, you leave behind. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's funny because Anthony, Anthony and I were talking about this the other day and we were just kind of just reflecting and we were just talking about how, you know, you know, our parents being immigrants, you know, it, 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 this kind of spawned on me because I actually did a placement in uh, Sri Lanka. So, um, I was working on like a, a public space, like a revitalization project in Sri Lanka in the north side. And it was a kind of like a, uh, a low income and uh, Sri Lanka in itself is like a developing country. So it's like a low income area. And it was just funny when I'm seeing people in that village that are the same age as me and they're standing there, I'm looking at them and I'm, I'm just like, you know, very blessed to be in the position I am today because, you know, why, why was I chosen to be in this circumstance in terms of socioeconomics and uh, the opportunities that we have, right? So when I was reflecting on this, you know, my, my family came here and gave us this best life. You know, they struggled and they hustled to come up to this point where I'm able to have this opportunity to go work and um, provide to society. So what type of legacy am I going to leave behind or, or, or for my future uh, children or, you know, uh, uh, that's, that's essentially what success is, right? Kind of one-upping that. Um, and that's essentially what it is, giving back. It's as simple as that. So it's amazing, man. I, I really like your mindset about how you said, you know, you went back and um, seeing from where you're from and the people, what their lifestyle is like. I think that's, that's really missing in our society where, you know, people are not, they don't have that awareness, right? You see, um, you know, even every in everyday life, think of it this way, we're, we live in the most resourceful um, continent in the world. Probably living like, if you compare it to the rest of the world's population, in the top 10%, when you talk about resources, when you talk about lifestyle, when you talk about comfort, right? We have access to everything, but still we find a way to complain and still find a way to find out what's missing, yeah. right? And when you have that sort of awareness of what's going on in the rest of the world and how blessed you are, Absolutely. what resources you have, then you think, okay, you know what? I have, I'm grateful to have this opportunity and it, it's my duty to not just give back to others, but also fulfill my potential, right? And use what I have and all the resources that I have. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great point, John. Yeah, yeah. So um, I want to transition a little bit, I guess, to now how you guys took the leap, essentially, right? Like, so Anthony, I'm guessing you work full-time at Spawn. Like, you quit your job and you're working full-time yeah. towards your endeavors. Yeah, now, right? my job. Um, like, what, sorry, before you go on, like, there's a big risk involved with this, right? Like you're kind of, you're leaving the stable income to find, to follow this pursuit of that you're unsure what will happen, right? Talk us through that. Like what made, what was your motivation that allowed you to take this jump? Well, I think you have to believe in it, right? Yeah. I think at the end of the day, like if um, you don't believe in it and you don't live it, breathe it, um, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you do this? Right. Yeah. So when I, when I went to, when I, when I, when I went to my, to my, my last day of my job, it was like, almost like, you know, when I gave my resignation, it was like, it was like a relief, right. It was like a weight lifted off my shoulder that I'm like, okay, I don't have to like almost do this on the side. I have to actually just, I can actually concentrate on this fully. Right. Yeah. And, um, but 
even when I started this, I, I knew fundamentally I was going to do this. Yeah. Like, this is what I was going to do, right? And it comes back to purpose, right? My belief, I believe that everybody in this world has a purpose, right? Everybody yeah. has a purpose, but it's people decide to fulfill that purpose or not. But it's easy not to because you've got those golden handcuffs, right? You've got a day-to-day -day job yeah. that will, you know, pay the bills, yeah. Right? And, and and will allow you to, you know, to live your means and then but you, you deviate from your purpose. Right? So me the, for me this is my purpose. This is what I this is what I'm, you know, wired to do and I should fulfill it. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. It's really insightful. So Raj, I mean, for you, what what is I guess what's your motivation to be a part of this and what's your why? Yeah, for sure. I mean it's it's uh, similar to what I alluded to before, but it's it's as simple as how do I how do I help humanity? That's what it is. As simple as that. And even wow. with my current job that I have at, in the planning field, um, uh, there's some capacity where I'm able to to do that. But this has with this startup that we have, you know, you have full autonomy over how you're going to, going to be alleviating some of these concerns. For me, it's like that's as simple as that selfish reason. I think when I did that placement when I was in Sri Lanka, it kind of just spark something in me where I'm just like, man, like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is exactly what I want to do. Um, we're, we're kind of have like the financial stability to go out and figure out how do I problem solve in these different fields or aspects of, um, uh, how do I alleviate some of these concerns that people are going through? Right? right. So it's, it was just, it's as simple as that. Just how I, how can, how can I give back? Yeah. So, yeah. So with that, like, I guess what's wrong, like what do you think the, what's wrong with social media today that Spontably hopes to fix? I guess that's what I want to ask you, like you have the solution to helping people become more connected, what's not working today and how does Spontably aim to fix that? I think, I think we, like, I think right now and how, how we are as a society, we're very superficial. Yeah. Right? Like, for example, um, if I if I saw if I saw Harsh right post something on Instagram, and then I look I, I look at it, I'm like, okay, I know Harsh. Yeah. But it's complete bullshit. It's yeah. complete bullshit because I really don't know Harsh as a person. I don't know you, AJ. Like you know, like when it comes down to it, what 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 these platforms are doing is actually making us further and further away from society. Yeah. That's what it's doing. Right, because we're okay with we're, we we come we're we're coming to the point where it's, we're okay just seeing a picture and be like yeah I know exactly what's going on in their lives that's great right and you know how how often do people actually post crappy photos it's all it's, it's all, all fake highlights it's all highlights right but that's not how life works yeah right that's not how you know like what happens when you're depressed and what happens when you're sad yeah where do you go that mm -hmm. you're not posting that on Instagram. You're not posting you your face crying on, on Facebook, right? But you need to have somebody to communicate and talk to and interact to and, and bring you through those tough times, right? right. So, you know, and I'm, this, is the, this is what what I'm going through with social behavior, but our platform, all it does is like we're not replacing those tools. We're just saying, hey, this is what's going on in your community. Do you want to go? Yes, no. So let's say if... AJ, you're into computers, right? Yeah. So let's say, I don't know, I'm doing some uh, a computer event at, at the university, 
And if you were interested in it and you're available at that time, Splendidly notifies you basically right. that, hey, Anthony's doing this. Do you want to go? Yes, no. So it's breaking down those barriers and those noise, like right now that we have when we try to search for something to do. Yeah, and I, that's actually really, that's a, a truth statement. Like, really, like when I'm looking for stuff to do, like events, because I think the biggest thing is like human connection happens in person, right? Like, it doesn't happen Absolutely. over text, it doesn't happen over like DMs. Like, it happens in person, like conversations like this. Yeah. And I think. Like, even personally, like, I've been, I've experienced it, like, I'm looking for things to do, like, with my friends. It's, like, you have to search through Facebook events. You have to search through, like, this, like, non-ending list of, like, mm -hmm. stuff that doesn't even cater to you, right? Yeah. And I think that's, like, a big problem to solve, like, because there's so much information coming at us. It's, like, what's useful information? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I guess, for an example, let's say, so I'm going to give an example to the people that are watching. So, let's say how, this, how the app works is... Let's say I really want to go play soccer, maybe like an hour from now or even right now. I can create an event and say, hey, my name's Harsh. I'm playing soccer here. And if anyone on around me or in the city is on the app, they can see what I'm doing and they can come and connect with me or join me in whatever activity I'm doing. So it could be sports related. It could be an event. It could be, you know, a social setting. It could be a party. It could be anything. It could be anything. But again, it's called spontaneity. So it's like, spontaneously living right that's yeah, what, exactly and exactly. on in that moment if you want to do something you can kind of find whatever's going on um around you and you can connect with people so uh, in an organic way in person instead of just you know over media or trying to plan a certain event and i think like spontaneity it's it's part of who we are as social beings and um yeah. it just it's 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 it just bring, it brings a lot of happiness to like if you have like sometimes you might just have a sudden plan that comes up with someone and um it's it's like an exciting thing, right? It just Absolutely. it just yeah. comes together all of a sudden, and it, it's a lot more exciting than something that's kind of planned over a long time or something that's like a task that you have to yeah. do. And and as and as a society, we don't plan anymore, yeah. right? We don't. We the planning phase is you know it's very you know it's probably my my generation, especially millennials. Like they, they don't plan anymore. They they plan after. Yeah. You know, they they're at a place or a trip yeah. or something. True. Like that. Yeah. I think I think the statistic is that eighty five percent of millennials plan after they arrive in the city. Yeah. So how do you do that? Like, imagine if you went to Calgary right now. Yeah. Um, you basically have to search through Google, like all these platforms to figure out what's going on. But imagine if you had Spontively, basically it's a personal system in your pocket. You land in Calgary, and it'll be like, Harf, AJ, based on like here, you're available at eight o'clock. Based on what you like, this is all that's going yeah. on. Boom, right there. And, and you don't, you at least have it, right? Yeah. You don't have to go, but at least you know now, right? This is okay. All that's going on, it's it's catered to me. This is what I like. Um, I don't have to search anymore. So how does it? How does the app cater like events for you? So break that down a little bit. So basically, when you when you uh, when you download the platform, you yeah. create a profile. You tell you tell the platform like you tell the app what you like and what you want to be notified about. Right, and that's it. Wow. And like, does um, your availability play into it too? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can, yeah. you set yeah. your availability. Yeah. Right now we have it um, either morning, afternoon, um, evening. Um, we we eventually we're going to integrate it to your like your calendar, your phone calendar. Yeah. But we find like people don't really use their phone calendar so much, right? Yeah. So just have that set the setting on the on the on the app will just allow you to be notified when you're I'm sure you guys could, could attest to the fact that when you're trying to you know hang out with a group of friends and you're trying to figure out what everyone's schedules and stuff are yeah. and none of it aligns and you gotta go back and try to figure out okay, what works what doesn't so this kind of alleviates that and this kind of 
you know, you can do events or activities that are public or private. Yeah. It's just easier for people to just kind of just go and figure out what to do. So and also connect with people that are, have similar interests, right? Yeah. And similar hobbies and stuff like that. Yeah. That's how that's how Raj and I that's, like, that's exactly how we met, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. And I, that's so big because like nowadays people just don't hang out as much, right? So you don't like you don't meet as many new people like even in university, which is funny because going to university, everyone's like, "Oh, you're gonna meet all these yeah, people yeah, and have yeah. all these friendships." Yeah. But like three years in, and like I can only say half of that's true. Like you really have to put an effort to get out there. Yeah. And the funny thing is, like, university setting is supposed to be this conducive environment. Everyone, like, you could spread your wings kind of in a way, right? But I feel like it's also, it's resulting in a lot of isolation, to be honest. Like, like I make friends in university. Like, just realistically speaking, the friends I've made, a lot of them are just, like, buddies in class. And then after that, like, we don't really hang out as much. And it's, like, the real friendships that stay are the friendships I had before. So I think that's, like, a great problem. That yeah, to and, and, those and those friends <laughs> that you made was through childhood organic that just yeah. kind of shaped over time. Yeah. Right? So it's it's just very interesting how, like, you know, if you think about a foreign student, for instance, who's new to a country, new to a city, new to a community, yeah. how do they go about, you know, connecting with people? They can go th through all four years without, you know, university, as you alluded to, like, it's supposed to be the best experience of your life, right? It's where you meet all these people and just new experiences in general but you know a lot of these foreigners like oh man it's yeah. it's tough for them to really connect so that's what we're trying to alleviate that's what we're trying to figure out it's funny it's funny AJ mentions the university part i've seen um a couple of times like i'll go into university and there's there's a full table of like eight or nine people sitting every single person is on their phone or either on their computer or either have their headphones in yeah, yeah, yeah. and no one is communicating and no one's talking and i'm like like you know what I mean? Like you're together, and but like but you're not you're not being socially active. You're not really engaging. Like, uh, like you're just you're just present at the same time, but you're not really connected with other people. Uh, it's funny. I actually saw something the other day. I was at Starbucks. It's crazy. So I saw this family, and I saw um. So the mom was on her phone, right? The dad was on his phone. They have a they have a baby um also sitting on there. Like on a in a in a stroller and the baby is literally he has these huge headphones on his on his on his head right and he's watching some cartoon on his um that's hilarious everyone's, <laughs> everyone's tuned in and, yeah. and I'm like man you have a child you have like a baby who's one or two this is like the most crucial part of their developmental phase yeah and as a family they're having this time out you know just to spend some time together but they're actually not spending any time at all. Like everyone is just you know so tuned into media and just just so disconnected and coming back to what you said earlier too is you know social media is supposed to connect us but it's actually disconnecting us and it's becoming more negative than positive. Yeah, it's it's a trend that we're trying to we're trying to stop right. We're yeah. we're we're trying to come in and say look, you can use technology for for a good purpose. You, you can use it as a tool set. Um, but we are creatures of habit. Like we, we communicate. We interact. Like you know, that can't be taken. That's not. I mean, you can't take that away. Like the method of communication has obviously changed, right? Yeah. The platforms have changed, right? Um, but our our thing is that okay, bringing you awareness, finding out what's going on is the first step of this breaking the cycle, because there's just so much noise. There's so much stuff going on that we have to. You know, our platform is coming in and saying, okay. Based on what you like, what your availability is, this is what's going on in your location, mm -hmm. and then it's up to you to participate. Um, 
And in, in order to get engagement, we reward people to, to participate. So we reward, like, you know, like Raj, if he wants to go play soccer with, with, with Harsh, hey, earn these points, do this, um, and, then, and then get rewarded for, for actually engaging back to the group community. Yeah, so gamifying it a little bit, right? Yeah. And I think that helps. It's a reinforcement, right? Like, yeah. And yeah. somebody has a positive experience, make a couple of new friends, yeah. and they just want to keep doing it more and more. And then, obviously, like, I guess the in-app kind of incentives help too, right? Absolutely, because we, we want to encourage that, that you know, that interaction um, outside of the platform, yeah. not just inside, right? Like, you, just because you're going there and you're on your phone doesn't mean anything. You have to participate. And, and we thought it through. Like, even um, we've got some features that were coming out where we're looking at, okay, um, when you're going to that soccer field, hey, go bump phones with Harsh. Like, yeah. And earn five points, like you know what I mean, like oh, really? like, stuff, like, the, like to actually yeah. just like drill it down yeah, really. more, um, because then after after that after your soccer game, um, you get you know with our partners with uh, with uh, with the business, local businesses, like you're getting twenty percent off at United Cycle. Oh really? So yeah. like you know stuff like that. Yeah. Like and it engages you like so okay. and it also entices you yeah. to get to earn those points, yeah. right? Yeah. But like say if you're in a team setting and you're not, it's not it. it, it it might not be probable that you're going to meet every single person on that, but then this is where we're really drilling it down. Man, go and bump phones with people so you can get points. And potentially, that could spark up a conversation yeah. and an organic connection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's an icebreaker too, right? Yeah. And I think it's about time because honestly, I'm done with those WhatsApp groups, man. Like those, <laughs> those WhatsApp groups with, you know, 30 people, you know, hey guys, we're trying to link oh, up today. Nothing ever comes out of that. And I'm like, man, yeah. you, I think that's probably your biggest competitor, I guess, at the moment is WhatsApp groups. Because yeah. you guys are going <clears> to, <throat> that's your main competitor. And I, I really like how you get to you get to meet new people and just, you know, socialize as well. And yeah, for sure. So um, the next part I want to touch on is like, so have you established partnerships with like big organizations to get this out kind of, or like even cause I was telling you universities got a big problem with loneliness, right? Like are universities kind of recognizing that there's this problem to address or what? Yeah, they do. Um, so we partnered with, uh, McEwen university and, and, uh, and the university of Alberta. Yeah. Um, so they're realizing now that this is fundamentally a problem, right? So students, you know, it doesn't matter which year they come in, when you come in as a student, your your one focus is I want to get by this year. Yeah. I don't I don't care. Like I just need to I need to pass my grades or I need to do that, right? But you know, over time there's just so much stuff going on that there's a lot of disengagement that's occurring in, in Canadian universities especially. Um, so what that means is that, you know, your four year experience, your four year program at this university, you have no um, you have no tie in back to the university, right? Um, and, and that really affects um, the, your relationship and the culture that, and the experience that you had in those four years. And that, that, that directly impacts alumni dollars. Right. Direct impact. Really? Yeah. So let's say, let's say if you, let's say, you know, you're, you're miserable throughout the four years or, you, or you're, even if you're 50-50 in terms of interaction and finding out things to do in the university, if the university comes, like, let's say you make public calls, right? Hey, we, we need donors. Yeah. You're less likely to be like, okay, open your wallet. Yeah. But if you had like a really good experience, if you really, if you, uh, you know, led the university colors and, and you had a, you know, your friends came, you, you had you, just a phenomenal experience, right? You're more than likely to donate. 
That's true. Man. That's just right. common sense. It's just common sense. Yeah. You're more likely doing it. So what, what the university is doing now is that they're they're trying to build that relationship after you graduate. And we're saying, no, you should build it during. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You should build that, you know, that relationship and that experience during the student's lifetime in that university. Right. Okay. So I guess I guess that's a great network for you guys to kind of um, share what you guys are trying to do and I think I would say millennials would definitely be your main target. So I guess go, looking in the long run, what's your what's your guys' vision for uh, Swantively? Where do you see it going in, um, in all sorts of ways, you know, whether it's urban planning or whether it's social um, connections, what's your what's your plan, what's your vision? Definitely definitely an urban planning tool set for a lot of municipalities. So even now, as Anthony alluded to, like we have a few partnerships with uh, post-secondary institutions, but we also have partnerships with municipalities, right, from a macro level. And, you know, the issue that municipalities face is that they don't really know what their citizen engagement is like. You know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, when they're getting oncoming immigrants and stuff, how exactly do they get them involved? And how do they know um, How do they know they're integrated or they're being integrated, right? right? So, you know, every municipality, especially in Alberta and, you know, all over North America, they have, like, a municipal development plan. And in, in those plans, there are key principles where they highlight the culture aspect as well as the social side. But they don't have metrics to support that. So... Municipalities say they want to be a smart city, they want to be a healthy city, uh, they want to spark user engagement, they want people to be much more you know, outside and just um, uh, walking out more, like stuff like that. They don't have metrics to support that. Yeah. So what we're doing is that we will be able to provide you those metrics, key metrics that will help you engage or those measurables will be like, if you guys can, if you guys know what your measurables are today, then you would know how exactly... Uh, to pinpoint, you know, growth in the next five years based on these measurables, and how would you do that, right? Right. So from a program programming aspect or policy changes within, I don't know, your economic development department or mm. uh, family support services or planning and research stuff like that. So municipalities, all municipalities face this issue because you go up to them and you ask them, you know, how, how do you know what your, your citizen engagement is like, and how are you making data driven decisions? They don't have an answer for that. Yeah. So. I guess Anthony. I guess what would you have to say? I think you have a pretty personal story as well. What like what you what your vision is, and even with your kids, you know, you want to share some light on that. Yeah, I think you know why I started this and why I quit my my job um, to actually do this full time. Um, a lot of people told me I was crazy. Um, people don't just don't understand. I think you know a life changing moment for me was when when my son was born. Like he, he's five now. And I realized that, you know, I, I, when we as a society, I, I can't expect him to grow into a society where people don't know how to communicate. Yeah. Right? I can't expect him, like my, my, my you know, my son and daughter, I have, have, have a daughter as well, um, that to grow into this, into this vicious cycle that we're going through, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm adamant about it that, that we have, we, we fundamentally have to change this course because we're we're basically going into the wrong direction and, and it's, it's it's quite obvious you know there's a rise and there's you know people are not talking about this there's a there's a rise in in, in depression social social isolation we alluded to that yeah right and it's not the older generation which is, which is really surprising you think like you know someone in there you know, whoever is retired would go this way. No, no, it's actually 20 year olds. Right. Right? It's, it's, a, it's, it's an epidemic. No one's talking about it. Yeah. Like, more and more people are depressed. There's, you know, 
we we were you know, we went to Tim McEwen, um, um, camp like the university told us like once a month they get called to residents because there's an attempted suicide. Yeah, and and that to me was like, wow, shit, like this yeah. is not good. This yeah. is absolutely not good, right? Because like think about it, you move to a different city, you're new, you know, you're in a new surrounding area, new surrounding, no one like you know, it's hard to make friends. Like, it's a lonely, lonely, like, you're surrounded by people, but you're super lonely, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. That's, honestly, man, props to you. Like, I feel like this is a, it's, it's almost like a noble cause in a way, like, for you to recognize that there is this problem and actually taking, like, this leap to try to address it. And you're right, like, we have all this technology, but now how do we use it in a way that's actually bringing us together? Yeah. And, like, even, I feel like it's just the, superficial nature of these communication that's causing a lot of like this need to always be plugged in right like the fear of missing out is the big thing and so the fact that you're addressing this and making this more of like a personal thing like yeah. props to you guys for that i wanted to um i guess i want to shift gears a little bit let's discuss more of like what is what it's like to run a startup like give us some insight in that like so what's um i guess a couple things one what's it like to run the startup and before you get to that what was your process for kind of identifying like a lot of people have come up with ideas, right? Like, oh, I want to start this app. I want to start this side hustle. What was your process for, like, we can actually make this a viable business or a viable idea? What was your process for that? And then secondly, tell us about what it's like now. Like, what's it like being a co-founders of a emerging startup? Do you want to take the first part? You do the first part? Like, I mean, you, you did all the legwork when it comes to the actual business model. <laughs> <all the> processes. <laughs> Think about it. I came on board when you were putting up together the team. <laughs> I think um, to start this off, like like we're we're not the smartest people, right? Yeah. Right. There are way smarter people in the world, like hundred percent. Like first, first of all, like you know, we have this misconception of you know when you have this idea, you like you want to hold it close, and you're like, I don't want anybody to listen. Like you know, first of all, get rid of that because like if you have this idea, so there's like a million people, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's 80% execution. Really? Yeah. It's, you know, everybody can have the greatest idea in the world, right? Yeah. Um, but how they execute it is what makes things, like, it's what makes it successful, right? So, uh, an example is that, like, I stood in front of the YMCA, like, I, I had kind of had this idea forming in my head, um, because I knew it was complicated. Yeah. Like I, had, I, I, can, I can see this is happening, right? I knew it was complicated. But I stood in front of the YMCA in downtown Edmonton, canvassing 300 people, like interviewing random people, through, like asking them a series of questions, right? Yeah. Most people won't do that. Most people will take the easy way out. And this is like rain in the middle of winter, like fall, like you, you, you name it. Like I was there. Minus 30 outside, just canvassing people, yeah. right? Um, most people won't do that. Hands down, like a lot of people won't, won't take that effort. That especially, especially when you don't know what the, the outcome is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Right? And, and, and then refining the business. Like, like right now, we're in a point where we've refined it. But this took two and a half years. Right. It literally took two and a half years, right? Raj came on board a year and a half, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of legwork 
that um, people don't see, and there's a lot more legwork that people don't see. Like a lot of people just see the, the uh, um, what's that? The, the tip of the iceberg. The tip of the iceberg, yeah. right? They see the outcome. Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah. And you know, you know, have you guys seen the social network? Yeah. You know that you know that one line that Mark Zuckerberg, or that that character that played Mark Zuckerberg, said like, if you create a Facebook, you create a Facebook. Well, yeah. If if everybody can say, I can create the next Facebook. Think, well, go do it. Yeah. Go do it, and then figure out how hard it is to go actually go do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Because like, like even looking at Facebook, like that guy hustled. That guy. That guy went from university to university to university, hustling. Like I think I think he even he even asked intros from like I think there was a there was a podcast I saw that Gary Vee said like Zuckerberg came to me to do an introduction to another person, but no one knows that. Yeah, they just know Mark Zuckerberg the billionaire, right? They just know the result, yeah. right? And and it's actually upfront work, right? Yeah. So I guess what's that journey been like? So you mentioned a lot of hard work and a lot of you know struggles, definitely you know that you, people don't see, but. Um, I guess tell us a bit more about uh, you know the journey and how you went from it just being hey this is a great idea this is a solution to um, a social problem to hey we're gonna make this ad we're gonna fi- we're gonna raise five hundred thousand dollars from venture capitalists and monetize this right yeah I think I think the first and the first and most important thing is like finding your value proposition hands down I, I, I tell them anybody that wants to go into entrepreneurship regardless if it's tech or anything, figure out what your value is. Are people gonna buy it? Are people gonna um, use the platform or whatever it is? And and do people find that there's value of it, right? And then go and find your team and then go find um, your developers, like in our case, right? Because you can have like the best sales team, but if their product sucks, true. It, yeah, absolutely. Should, yeah. Right. I'll, I'll tell you a story. Like, so we were going through this. We were figuring out even the name and all this stuff. Like, we spent like countless hours. Yeah. Like, I would say, you know, this is going back even a year, two years. Like, you know, from from refining, like getting getting doing those three hundred surveys, um, your focus groups, focus groups, interviews. But even before that, like, so many people were laughed at my face. Really. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, there are people who are like, "This is not going to work," you know, and this is not this is this makes no sense, and that was, that's okay. So this is another another thing is that you have to face obstacles, right? You're going to have a lot of people, if you if you strongly believe in what you're doing, a lot of people who are going to say no to you, and do you have the grit and determination? To put that aside and say, yeah, I'm still doing this. Yeah. And believe in it, right? Like anybody can have that idea, but are they gritty enough to execute to do this? Because you're gonna hear a lot of no's, you're gonna hear a lot of people that say, you know, this is impossible, right? And for me, my motivation was that one, it was my children. I was like, okay, I can't have them grow into the society. I need we need to make this change. And I saw how people are interacting. And I saw the trend in the market space, right? And and I was stubborn. Basically, the more they said no, the more you know. In my personality, the more you say no, the more I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah, that's me. That's right. how I am. Right? <laughs> I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to prove you wrong because yeah. I can see this is happening. Right. 
Thanks for uh, thanks for sharing, uh, I guess, insight on that. A big thing I always hear is like when running a startup, it's like you're putting out a bunch of fires. Would you say that's very true? Like your job as CEO is just like, oh shit, we got to figure this out. We got to figure this out. And it's like, it's a constant process of like, just making sure you get by really. Yeah. Like I think Raj, like you, you didn't talk to that like two months ago, we're going to die as a company. Legitimately. Really? Yeah. yeah we have, we have big cash flow issues, right? Yeah. We legitimately, we're going to die. We're like, our sort of running very, very lean, right? Yeah. Again, as you can see, cash flow issues. Um, but somehow, you gotta figure it out. Figure out a way. You gotta be, you gotta be resourceful. I think being immigrants, like that's, oh, yeah. that's how that's like, how you, that's how you do it. It's like instinctual. It's instinctual, right? <laughs> yeah. Like if the door is closed, yeah. Like you know, if the door is closed, go through the window. Yeah. Yeah. You have to go through the window. You have to yeah. figure out a way to actually get this done, right? Yeah. And 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 there's no you know there's no black or white answers. You, you basically have to follow the gray area, like like. You know, and, and and as a person, you also have to make sure that, you know, what you're doing is ethical, right? Right. So that's yeah. where your personality comes in. But you have to be super resourceful, super resourceful in figuring things out. And that's when you realize who is there to support you. When you're at the most vulnerable position or time in your life, you realize who's out there to support you yeah. and who's not. Who's all giving you lip service and who is actually really got your back? It's funny when you say that because I used to listen to a lot of rap, hip hop music. They used to talk about like trust and this and stuff. But when you're actually in those pits, you really start to understand what those quotes mean. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, hey man, now I get it. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, you're driving and then. You know, they, they joke about this shit with, uh, joking, yeah. with breakups and stuff too. It's like you yeah. never you never understand the lyrics yeah. for the longest time. Yeah. And then you break up and you're like, Dad, you know this shit. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. You know? Like Marvin's rumor story. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's like what you said. Um, so you know, you know you never listen to it really, but you're like, you know, you're kind of dumb. You're like, damn, this guy's talking, speaking fast yeah, right now. I know. Now, that's you know? what I mean, yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. <laughs> so I guess uh, talking about hurdles, I guess, you know, we definitely want to share with people that are watching. What's the biggest hurdle you face as a you know as a tech startup? There's there's tons of hurdles. There's always there's always you know I don't I think from even from the inception till yeah till where we are now and then even like going further. There's always going to be some sort of hurdle, right? Yeah. Um, I'll give you an example. So, you know, I, I was talking about value proposition, right? Like. So I, so we have a team of, of eight people right. who are currently working, who believe in what we're doing, right? Um, and who believe in what we're trying to accomplish um, as a goal. It's, a, it's, it's so hard to find people who would actually work for free. Yeah. That's when you know you've got something. Mm -hmm. That's legitimately when you know you have something is when you, when you are able to recruit people who believe in your mission and who are going to be able to, you know, go in the thick of things with you, um, and and not ask for for monetary gain. Um, that I've been blessed. I've been really fortunate that throughout my career, and people who I've met um, are genuine and really good people. So I'm humbled because of that. I couldn't do this by myself. We couldn't do this by ourselves. Yeah. We have to, we have so much support in the background. Like we have Grant McEwen, we have all these universities, we have so many partnerships. And we couldn't do this, right, without that. 
people be even working behind the scenes, getting us, you know, uh, figuring out ways to like make us successful. Like you have to have that strong network first, first of all. But some of the hurdles, like man, like recruitment was was one. Like yeah. we had, you know, we were trying so hard to get like we're. I am technical, but I'm not a huge developer. Yeah. Trying to get a developer, like, we got these two guys one time, and uh, they weren't great. Like, they were just, his personality wasn't a fit. Like, it was just not great. And then uh, when they when, 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 when they left, they basically sabotaged the whole project. Yeah, like, really? They, they sabotaged. Like, they deleted everything. Like, this is when we were in Silicon Valley pitching. Like, they, like this, this was happening in the background. Yeah. So we had to scramble to find a development team and, and knock on wood. We found a really good development team. Our developers are based out in Ukraine. They were really, really strong so like, team. Stuff like that, it's hard to see that's coming. Yeah. And then you have to have the resilience to yeah. be like, man, that's fine. We're going to keep moving. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's not like you drop everything. You're like, damn, yeah. like, how do we recover from this? Like, no, it's, yeah. Yeah. you know, having that type of mentality to be like, it's okay. We're going to find a different avenue and we're going to go through that. And it yeah. was like six months worth of work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a lot of hours spent. And they sabotaged that and, then, and, and, they, and they left. And we were like, okay. And at that point, it was so easy to give up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so easy to be like, okay, we're done. But for me and for myself and Raj, we were like, now, okay, let's focus this. Let's, let's refocus. Salvage what we have, and then learn from our lessons first and foremost. Learn our lessons, right? Yeah. Find the right people. Good. Find the right people who have the same mindset and the vision, and do our due diligence on who we who we get. And then now we're in a position. Like I think that's even. We don't even think about that. Yeah. Because the thing is, even with the startup, like this is brand new to Anthony and I. Like we're. It's not like we. This is like a brand new process. So you're just learning everything on the fly. You're observing everything. And without going through these trials and tribulations, you don't know how you're going to learn. These, like, you're not going to learn these lessons if you don't go through them. Right? Yeah. That's what it is. And you're going to be like, okay, we cannot, we got to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Yeah. And that's the best you can do. Yeah. You have to go through them. You got to go through it. Yeah. So, it's, a, it's a learning experience too, right? But everything you go to, whether it's recruiting teams or, you know, challenges like that, it's, um, again, it's, it's easy for, it's very easy. It's like an opportunity for you to leave, right? It's a good excuse for you to stop. Yeah. Right, yeah. but you know, having that good team—that's that, probably the biggest hurdle, right? Yeah. The mentality, mentality. Yeah. Yeah. like the psychological. You got to be resilient as hell for this, man. Like, yeah. This is just, and like I would say, like just Anthony is so instrumental in the way Spontivity is today and the trajectory it took. You know, when he quit his job, it literally—it's literally night and day, right? And this is all because of this guy, yeah. and the grit, the resilience that this guy has, and the stubbornness as well. It's just it's it's crazy like we're it's just crazy how far it's come it, it legitimately just sort of as an idea i still remember when he came to me he's just like yo i'm working on something like this i would love for you to be on the team i'm like bro i'm trying to go back to toronto to be honest man yeah <laughs> right yeah and, and and that's legit that's legit how it worked i'm like okay this, I, this is actually such a cool project yeah because it resonated with me and we're just like man okay let's let's do this then man yeah, I, I, yeah. Basically, I basically you're you're a dick for doing this to me, but y'all let's do this, man. <laughs> yeah, but I, I basically cornered you and said like, uh, yeah, and I told him like, if Steve Jobs came and asked you to work for Apple before Apple, would you say no? Would yeah, absolutely, like, bro. I'm trying to go yeah. to Toronto, like, right? <laughs> <laughs> but but think but it's it's all, it's also timing, right? It is timing. Like, yeah. it's, all, it's all about timing. Like, yeah. We know now 
more than ever. Like if you okay, let's take this step back. So I talked about value proposition, but but it's also it's also luck and it's also timing. So like you can, you can control your value proposition, and luck and timing you can't control. What we see now, like if you if ten years ago you had told told us to do this, I would have I would have I think we would have been dead because everybody Facebook was was it. Yeah. Right. But now you see that you know people are not trusting Facebook anymore. People, there's a data breach, and there's you know there's people who are like I don't want to. I just I'm getting away from social media. But even with social media platforms, they only have a certain timeline of effectiveness, and then they just kind of die out. It's like people just change yeah. Yeah. behaviorally. Exactly. You know what I mean? So like, what's the next thing now? Yeah. Everybody's on Instagram now, yeah. right? So that's why you think how Facebook is kind of positioning themselves in terms of acquiring and merging all these different yeah. to be kind of yeah. like this beast. And they're trying to be relevant, right? Yeah. And and we realize now, like, okay, well, no millennials on Facebook anymore. Yeah. <laughs> as soon like, as your parents get on Facebook, yeah. it's over. It's over. <laughs> it's over right? So it's like two different personalities <laughs> on Facebook. You're like this perfect ideal son, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. you go on Instagram, <laughs> Snapchat, like, you Snapchat, you're just like human. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> So uh, just before we wrap up, I want to ask you a couple questions. One, you said like this was, you felt like this was your purpose, right? Do you feel fulfilled on this journey? Absolutely. I think um, I haven't done anything. We haven't done anything yet. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. In the groundwork, do you still feel fulfilled? Like you get that sense of like you're building towards something? Every day. Like I, I wake up and I'm like, I, 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 you wake up, you work extra hard and you feel fulfilled, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I, work up, I wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Right? I'm getting ready to go to work. Thinking about work every day. Mm -hmm. And you know, even even throughout my fifteen year career, there was a there was a point where I, I stopped learning. Right? I am constantly learning. Like basically I'm on I'm like for me and the like, like we're on 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 steroids basically. We're just learning like not stop. Yeah. And that in itself is year versus this year, huge, huge difference for the company, like how you, how you talk, how you present, how you, everything, everything. And then, and you never, like, you never stop, you never stop. So that's why, yeah, that's, and what we're doing is kind of purpose and what we're trying to accomplish, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, if we stop one person from being feeling isolated and lonely, What uh, that's that's pretty impactful in itself, right? And just I guess, is it this idea of like the greater good that comes that can come from this that keeps you going? Is that what? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's that's essentially it, right? Like it's you know our our, our vision is to become the you know this is why it speaks to Raj even even you know, like that. How I pitched it to Raj is that we want to be the largest urban planning tool. So how do we build stronger communities? Yeah. How do we do that? Right? Like right now, people are taking surveys, right? And it's those, it's that minute, um, it's that small demographic of people who are always filling up the survey. Yeah. Right. But the question for you guys is, the city always puts on like you know, open houses or you know where they're trying to engage with the community. But how 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 is engagement like in terms of you know? Usually, the elderly people who are really invested in the community would show up in these types of events. Meeting the same people, how do you target the younger demographic?
important in terms of shaping these communities, right? Because as 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 communities are trying to be more progressive, you know, that progression is contingent upon millennial input, right? Because a lot of these ways that, or a lot of these uh, 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 processes are all archaic. So now how do we make that adjustment? And that's contingent upon our input. We, we can say at one point to the city of Edmonton, don't build that ice rink, build that soccer field because everybody plays soccer here. Yeah. That's more impactful to society. Right. Right? That is actually what we need as a community. And that's our goal. Yeah. My next question is um, so, what advice would you have for, because this, this comes back to you believe you have to put this, right? What advice would you have for 20 year olds, like say like me, or around that age, 18 to 25 even, on like finding what their purpose is or what they should pursue in this? And whereas society paints this picture of get this job, get, um, get a good stable income, right? And that, that didn't bring you happiness, how would you suggest people find their sort of purpose and happiness? I think you have to go through your journey of life. Like, I'm 38. I didn't, I didn't find my purpose until my son was born. I, I knew I had a purpose, but I, I didn't I didn't fully execute that because I didn't I didn't go fulfill I'm not fulfilling it because I have a job. And that, and that limits you. I don't say jobs are not wrong. I'm not I'm not saying that people who have jobs are not fulfilling. Maybe that's your fulfillment center, that's your purpose. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Everybody has a different purpose, right? But you know, for me, I, I always knew as a child I was going to be an entrepreneur. Like I said that, and, uh, and I thought you would travel. You know, I never did a job for me. That's what I did with that. Yeah. And you know, paid well, but that's great. That's that's good, right? Um, but you have to find it within. Right, and right. it's just you have to like. There's no there's no right time. Like, yeah. I, I can't I can't say like if you're in your twenties at your thirties, you just need to go through your life's journey. And you need to be, I think the one advice that I could say is like, you need to be really honest with yourself. Like, like, forget about being, you know, forget about being materialistic. Just, just you know, sit in the corner and just like, talk to yourself and be like, is this who I am? Yeah. Is this what I want to do? And if you, if the answer is no, then go and find out what your purpose is. Right. Then you know already that what you're, where you're, you know what you're doing right now is unfulfilled, right? Right. Right. Sure. So I guess um, just before we close off, the last question that I would like to ask you both of you each is, I guess in one word, what is one factor that cultivate cultivates a game changer? What is one word that describes a game changer? Uh, every game changer has in common, or at least in your opinion, grit. Grit. I was gonna say resilience. That's a person that came to my head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very similar to you said. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Okay, well, um, thank you guys for watching. Thank you, Anthony and Raj, for um for know, being on the podcast. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah sure. you know, amazing experience learning from you guys and everything you share and uh, and before we close off, we're just gonna give you guys a stage to promote sponsorly where people how people can get the app. I believe it's not out yet, right? So tell them a little bit about that. And where they can find you on social media, and personally, you can plug your own social media too. Yeah, I, I guess we can we can go on our website. It's triple w spontively dot com. S p o n t i v l y 
gmail.com. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook. Um, myself, uh, I'm on Instagram. It's Anthony.Nagandraj, my last name. Matt, uh, Instagram handles Prialan, so P R I Y A L A N. And when will the app be launching? We will be launching a closed beta here in August 1st, we have a couple weeks for yeah. the, the universities. And then um, publicly, we're going to be in the school year, so it's September, early September, October. Right, so look out for that in your Play Stores. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And we'll definitely be keeping everyone who's watching up to date with you know, any updates with Spontively and when they release the app, for sure. And I'm, I'm a huge advocate for what you guys are doing. And, you know, it's creating a solution to a problem in the real world. I think that's that's what true entrepreneurship really is, and yeah, I mean, thanks for thanks for your energy, thanks for being on the podcast. Man. Appreciate really it, appreciate yeah, it. Really appreciate thanks. it, guys. Yeah, thanks. Okay, thank you for tuning thanks, in. Guys. See you next time. Peace.